say the game is getting old. Monday morning and your coffee's cold. Life is not what you want it to be. Hi everyone and welcome to a new direction. My name is Jay Izzo and I'm gonna tell you something. Today I have you know, I talk about doing like great shows and amazing shows and fantastic shows and, and unbelievable shows, but today is one of those incredibly in-depth, powerful shows. And it's one of the shows, I, you know I've never been on the show, I've never been afraid to tackle hard subject matter. And today, we're going to tackle something that need, we need to talk about it, because you know what we do, folks? When it comes to certain subject matter, we kind of want to ignore it because we don't want to acknowledge that it's there. And you know that's not who I am. I, I'm just not, I've never been that way. I'm not going to be that way. I believe that if there is a subject matter that needs to be brought to the forefront, that we're going to do that. And uh, today, we're going to talk about survivors of domestic abuse. Sodas. Yep, sodas. That's what we're going to talk about today. And I'm, I'm going to tell you something. The statistics are staggering. All right, did you know that one in four, one in four are going through some sort of domestic abuse right now? As, as I'm talking to you, matter of fact, all the people who are joining me on the show, there could be somebody who's actually joining me on the show who may be in the middle of a domestic abuse situation. Do you know 10 million children are affected by domestic abuse? Did you, did you know that? The fact of the matter is, is that we have an epidemic of domestic abuse. When we get to one in four people, that's an epidemic. All right. And so my guest today is a soda. She is a survivor of domestic abuse. Matter of fact, she has created this charity. Uh, by the way, you can, you can find it. It's thesoda-pop.com. And you can find out about the charity of uh, survivors of domestic abuse. And her name is Susan Sparks. She's written this uh, unbelievable book. It's entitled Sparks in Love by Susan Sparks. And she's going to be with us today. And I want to tell you that uh, uh, her story, first of all, is um, uh, uh, not just tragic, but it's an amazing story. And and we're going to talk to her today. And what we're, you know, our goal here on a new direction is to help people find a new direction in their life, their business, their career. And so today, I'm going to help people. We're going to Susan and I are going to try to help you, maybe help someone. Uh, come up with, be supportive, and help them come up with a plan to help them overcome domestic abuse. And so I'm really excited to do the show, only because I know that uh, one of the goals of the show is to help as many people as possible. And when I think that we're going to be able to help somebody uh, today, uh, and also people who will listen to this podcast, perhaps get out of a domestic abuse situation, that excites me. And I know it excites Susan as well. But before I do that, and before I introduce her, and we start talking about this, I want to do what we do every week. And that is I want to check in with you at the four areas of your life. You know, I believe firmly that we are four-part people. We are physical people. We are mental people. We are emotional people. And we are spiritual people. And so let's talk about it. On a scale of one to ten, one being miserable, ten being I can't get any better, where are you at physically? Right? We're coming out of the... We're coming out of the new year and you probably have some New Year's resolutions and you've probably gone to the gym. So maybe you're feeling pretty good, right? Maybe, you got, maybe you're six, maybe you're seven, maybe you're starting to meet some of your weight loss goals, right? So where, where are you at? Maybe you're eating better. 
right? So whatever that is, where are you at physically? Scale of one to 10, right? One being miserable, 10. Got it? Okay, good. It's your first number. Second number is mentally where you're at. What are you feeding your brain? What are you learning? What are you, what are you doing to expand your brain? Maybe you had a resolution that, you know what? You're going to read a book a week. I have a friend who that's his goal. He's going to read a book a week and that's what he's doing to fill his brain. And, you know, some people are taking up a new instrument. I have a friend who's decided he's going to go to golf school and he's going to learn to play golf. Now you say, well, that sounds physical, but it's also a mental challenge as well. So he's learning something new. He's learning a new skill. And so you may be learning an instrument or a new language. Those are all things that feed you mentally. And so what are you doing? Scale one, one being miserable, 10 being it couldn't get any better. How are you doing mentally? How are you feeding your brain? Okay, got it, good. So you got two numbers. You got the physical, the mental. Third, what are you doing emotionally? How are we doing? Scale one to 10, one being miserable, 10 being awesome. How are you emotionally? And what I mean emotionally, I mean like, how are the little things? Do the little things bother you? where you can't control your emotions very well? Are you able to relate to other people's emotions? How well are you doing that, right? And the whole thing about emotions are, is it's intention, right? Because we can overcome our emotions. And I've used this, I've used this with my psychology classes when I used to teach psychology. I, I used to tell them, I said, you know, you could kick me in the shin. I have a choice in how I'm going to respond emotionally to you. You know, we don't have to respond just because somebody does this. I don't have to respond this way. So I have a choice. So how are you doing in your emotions? All right. And then finally, how are you doing spiritually? And what I mean spiritually is where, what gives you a sense of peace? What gives you a sense, a sense of joy? I didn't say happiness, joy. Sense of peace. What is that thing that you rely on that makes you centered, brings you back to center? And I have a lot of people say, well, I don't believe in God. Okay. Well, I'm not pushing God on you. But maybe it's nature, maybe it's karma, maybe it's something else that you believe in that's outside of yourself that, that gives you some sort of spiritual strength and renews you. I mean, and if it is God, I'm going to ask you that question. How are you doing with that relationship personally in your spiritual life, right? So what is your number spiritually right now? Okay, you've got those four numbers. And remember, the four numbers are like the legs of a table that you eat from, right? If, if the legs are uneven, it's kind of hard to keep the plate on the table. <laughs> if the legs are too low, it's kind of hard to sit in a normal chair and eat, eat from that table. So the whole idea is to bring those up little by little. I'm not trying to get you from a three to a 10. I'm trying to get you from a three to a four. So you got those numbers this week? All right, awesome. So let me introduce my next guest because I got to tell you, um, my next guest is um, amazing. She Her name is Susan Sparks. She's intelligent. She... A, a successful in the business world. She was abused, uh, oppressed at home. Um, she's realizing then she extricated herself uh, at great physical, emotional, and financial harm. She realized that, like so many others, uh, she needed help. And she has since formed the Soda Pop Foundation dedicated to those who need help to um, get on with their lives from domestic abuse. Susan's here with us today to tell us part of her story, at least, and provide insights and tips for those who are still victimized by domestic abuse. And by the way, if it, and if it's you or somebody else that you know, uh, this this program is to help you and and to help them to be able to get on and get going and move on from this. And so um, I want to. Um, first of all, I'll let you know that Susan is brought to you today by Inline Business Brokers and uh, and Advisors. Inline helps all 
sorts of people find and sell and buy a new business and literally they've helped thousands of people and they are the best there is in the business so if you want to learn more information just go to inline.com that's e-n-l-i-g-n.com and she's brought to us today so susan sparks welcome to a new direction thank you so much jay i'm so so honored to be here today so this is a tough this is a tough subject matter a domestic abuse we don't like talking about it do we no absolutely and you know something you said struck me you know so many things you just said struck me um but the thing that that was you know think pe- people don't think about this one in four you know, what does that mean right. um and it is difficult to talk about but if you just start there at at kind of ground zero if it's not you it's someone you know right and so people are saying, well, it's not me. It's not me. This doesn't apply to me today. Well, you know, but then it's somebody you know. Statistics are going to tell you it's someone you know. Right. And it's something we don't like to talk about. Mm. I did such an amazing job hiding it mm. that when I finally did come out and talk about it, it shocked everyone I knew. Mm. So the reason that I think it's so important that we talk about it is because people don't want to. And they need help. And they are not necessarily aware of the help that is out there for them because I wasn't. Mm. So when you talk about taking your life in a new direction, you know, one of the things that we need to know in order to do that is how do we do that and where do we go and where do we start? Mm. We need to know that there's help out there if we're, if we're stuck in our situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree with you. I, I'm, gonna, I'm holding up the book. I know you, you can't see that, but I'm holding up the book so everybody can see on Facebook Live right now. This is the book, it's Sparks in Love by Susan Sparks. And you can see that it's, I've, I've, I've worn this thing out reading it. And I'm going to be completely, totally vulnerable and honest with you, Susan, and, and the audience that's listening. And by the way, we've got a bunch of people. I cannot possibly name all the people who are watching the show live right now, watching me live on Facebook Live. Thank you so much, all of you, for watching and listening to the show and also all the podcasters that uh, podcast people who listen to the show thank you for listening I, I cannot thank you enough tell your friends please so i read this book sparks in love um i'm going to be really honest with you soon it was one of the most difficult books i've ever read and not because it was hard it wasn't that it, you because you wrote it and it was hard to read it was hard for me to read i literally started the book and it was like 10 pages and I had to put it down. I was like, okay, I can't, I can't do this. I cannot do this. Matter of fact, I, every part of me wanted to cancel the show because it was because the book was so hard. And so then I read another ten pages, and I'm like, oh man, I can't do this. This, I, this, she's killing me. She's killing me inside because this was so hard to read. And you know, I know you wrote this book for women. Uh, you, you mentioned that in the very beginning of the book, who you wrote this book for, and. But I want to encourage guys to read this book. And let me tell you why. The reason why I want guys to read this book is because typically we're the abusers. Overwhelmingly. Not typically. Overwhelmingly we're the abusers. And after reading this book, I went to my wife and I said, um, look, I, I know that you and I are great and I'm not one of these folks. I'm in that 75, the three that don't. But I said, it made me really think hard about, you know, the words that I use. And I said, you know, I know that we're always good about apologizing to each other if we ever hurt each other and everything like that. But it really brought to the forefront, you know, the words that I use in any relationship. And so I want, first of all, thank you for writing the book. Um, 
but I, I it's so powerful. It was so powerful for me to read it that uh, it was hard, and yet at the same time, I think it was probably something that struck me so hard that um, I appreciate you writing it. So thank you. Thank you for that. I appreciate your response to that. Um, of course, it was very difficult to write. Oh, sure. um, I'm, I'm a writer. I love writing, and I never thought I'd be writing about the, the darkest and toughest parts of my own life. Mm. Um, I'm a journalist by trade. I'm a reporter. And so, you know, I thought I'd be reporting and writing about other people. <laughs> I didn't think I'd be the subject matter. Um, but, you know, part of, the, part of the background of that is when I left my marriage and I, and I you know, did escape and I learned so many lessons about that, I went and I looked for a book that would help me feel better about what I had been through, that other people had been through that, that they had stories that looked like mine, that I wasn't alone, that I wasn't the only one, because the first thing that abusers do to us as victims is they isolate us. So we do feel like the only one out there. We feel like the last person standing. We look out there, everyone else's lives look great, we're the only ones. And they make us feel diminished and weak, and they take away our power, so we really do feel so completely isolated. And so when I went to look for a book, because we all turn to books, I think, so often Mm -hmm. for that, I couldn't find one that was that I could connect with, that I could say, hey, there are other people out there. Hey, this did happen to someone else. That's their story. I can find my story in theirs. I feel better. Here's a way to connect with them, you know, on the internet. It doesn't stop when this book ends. There's more to it. And I just started thinking, what can I do to help? I'm a writer. Okay, here I go. I'm going to write. And it's not my story so much, you know, because you've read the book, but for people who haven't read it yet, it's not written to be a story about me. It's written to be a story about what domestic abuse looks like and what it looked like in my life. Mm. So I, I really tried to isolate the 15 different warning signs of domestic abuse and then kind of tell stories from my own life about how they showed up in my life. Yes. And early on when I didn't understand what they were until the end when I knew what it was so that when other people read it, they could say, oh, yeah, I know exactly what that is. Now what do I do? Or, oh, yeah, I was there too. Okay, I wasn't the only one. And so I appreciate your reaction to it. I certainly didn't write it to evoke any type of emotions that would be negative for anyone. But my complete intent in that was that by the time people get to the end, they say, well, she did it. She made it through. She's no better. She's no different. I can get through that, too. Mm. And that that was really why I did it. Yeah. And, you know, you, you, you make that so clear in the book. And. One of the things, uh, by the way, every chapter that she writes is it, it starts off with, with some warning sign of domestic. One of the warning signs of domestic abuse, you know, like uh, they keep you, discourage you from seeing friends uh, or family members, or shows extreme jealousy of your friends uh, and time spent away. And then she relates a story uh, how uh, her uh, now ex-husband, um, you know, actually played that out, played the role because when uh, and it, the, so the book is kind of it's kind of and it's kind of an interesting book by the way. I, I love what you did here because you you almost you pull yourself away and you look at sometimes the little girl, 
of who you were. And then you bring it forward and saying, like, almost like, oh my gosh, what, you know, how did I miss this? How did I not see this? You know, and yet at the same time, if you could, you were almost like at times you would say, if I could go back and tell her, no, don't, don't go there. Don't do that. Don't, you, you, you just really brilliantly um, looked at both sides of yourself. I felt the earlier side of yourself and then looking back from where you're at now. And I thought that was brilliant, by the way. Thank you so much. And I think there's kind of two reasons I did that. One is because I feel like there's a point in my life where I did break off from where I was. I was whole. I was going on a path where, you know, I was educated and I was finishing college and I didn't need a man. I wanted a man in my life, right? And we always talk about what have we done wrong as victims? We haven't done anything wrong. We fell in love with the wrong person. Right. And we don't see that coming as victims. And so it's so important for us not to blame ourselves. Mm but to understand that at some point you're walking down a path and life looks great and you know everything seems to be lining up for you. In my case, it was, and I fell in love with the wrong person. Mm. And so I flash back in the book a lot to kind of say, why did that happen and why in the beginning did I ignore the warning signs? Did I not know what they were? Did I push them down? Did I miss them? What I came from a very... Um, I came from a great loving home, a very normal childhood. So I think, you know, something that we kind of break a stereotype also in this book that you come from abuse, you go to abuse. Mm -hmm. I think that can be true. Um, But I think when you look at one in four women, I think we're kind of learning you can come from anywhere and walk into abuse. And, And that's really an important lesson for everyone. You're not broken. Your life isn't broken. You haven't done anything wrong. Right. You just fell in love with the wrong person and you missed the warning signs and you stayed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now what are you going to do? Right. And I, I think, you know, what you say pretty early on in the book, the, the typical question that I know that a lot of people are asking themselves right now and are asking them where they're at, you know, they're, they, and they say, and you actually say, do not ask somebody who is a soda, a survivor of domestic abuse. Never ask them why they stayed in because you, you really don't know why you stayed in. I mean, there could, there could, could be a hundred thousand reasons why you did, but it, 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 it doesn't, it doesn't help the survivor. And I thought that was such a, I thought that was such a, an enlightening thought process because our natural human instinct, our natural human curiosity says, well, I want to know why she did. Why did she spend 20 years in this relationship? But that's, that's right. really the wrong question, right? It is absolutely the wrong question. Um, and, and for so many reasons, you know, it goes to the victim blaming and the victim shaming. And we mm-hmm. don't want to do that to victims because if we perpetuate that, then we're going to talk less and less about this topic. And our victims are going to be less willing to come forward and ask for help. So that's the number one reason we don't do it. But when we're on the other side as survivors of domestic abuse, right. there's actually there's, there's a couple of things that fall out of it. One is it's kind of up to us to figure out why we stayed right. and why we didn't leave before we, before we actually left. Right. But something that a lot of people who haven't been victims of domestic abuse or violence don't realize is what it's like on the inside. Mm. 
it, you know, on average, the National Domestic Violence Hotline will tell us the statistic. On average, it takes about seven times to try to leave before someone's actually successful in getting out. Why? Mm. Why? Because what does it look like on the inside? We're threatened with our lives. Mm. We're threatened that we won't see our children again if we leave. Mm. We're threatened that our pets will be taken away. Our access to money is cut off. People don't understand that it's not just our partner or our spouse saying to us, I don't think you're attractive. I don't like that dress. Mm. And we can just get in our car and drive away. That would be pretty easy, right? So it's, it's actual, you know, imminent danger. It's a threat to our lives. And so even when people try to leave early on and they turn around and they walk back into that situation, sometimes they find it's easier to stay than to go. Mm. And that's why I do what I do, because I want everyone out there who hears me and who understands what I just said, because first I want you to know, I understand how you feel if you're inside. I was there. And people don't understand, if they haven't been there, what it's like to go to bed at night with someone and hope that that person won't kill you when you're sleeping. Mm. There's no worse feeling. I get that. But this is what I know now that I didn't know then. Right. There are professionals trained who will get you out, who understand that your abuser is going to try and take away your money and will threaten you and try and take away custody of your children. It will not happen. It will not happen. Mm. Mm. The threats are empty in the, for the most part. The threats to your safety are valid and you need to take them seriously. Mm. And that's why you cannot leave without help. You have to get help. Mm. Uh, this is the book. It's called uh, Sparks in Love. We're talking with the author, Susan Sparks. She is a soda. She is a survivor of domestic abuse. She has, she's created a charity called thesoda-pop.com. And uh, you, you should check it out. I highly recommend that you will. And by the way, on the write-up on on my site, I will also put those links out so that you can access those links to thus to the the soda dash pop, and you'll be able to access that, and also be able to get a you know find where you can get a copy of this book. By the way, it's uh, it's brilliantly it's brilliantly written. It's a um, I'm I'm gonna be honest again. Okay, I'm gonna be honest with you. you, folks who know me, you know that I am this weightlifting you know former football guy and. And I stand about six feet, five inches tall and about 255 pounds. I'm going to tell you, this book made me so mad. I wanted to find this guy. I really did. I, I made me yeah. so mad. It made me so mad. I'm going to tell you. Uh, and and uh, she's so gracious because she said, I'm, I'm just going to leave it in God's hands and let vengeance be his. But I got to tell you, there's a part of me that wanted to be the angel avenger. Okay. I just want to let you know that right now because I was so angry uh, at this, at this guy. And so... Uh, and, and I have to be honest with that because I, I was getting angrier and angrier as I read the book. But I want to tell you something that she writes in this book that I want everybody to hear. First of all, if you're in, if you are in a situation, if you're in a domestic abuse situation, um, or you know someone who is, first of all, I'm just going to read four, four words. You don't deserve this. Period. You don't deserve this. 
She writes it over and over and over again. You don't deserve this and that you got to remember this. Strength plus support plus a plan equals freedom. You got this. She says, and, at the, and it's such a beautiful reminder. And I, and I loved, uh, loved that part. And by the way, Susan and her book, Sparks in Love, is brought to you by Inline Business Brokers and Advisors. If you're looking to buy or sell a business, contact the folks at Inline. Uh, it's E-N-L-I-G-N dot com. I thought, Susan, you know, at the end of every chapter, you kept say, you kept hammering home, you don't deserve this. Strength plus support plus a plan equals freedom. You got this. I, I, I just felt it, it, I hammered so hard in my head because I think one of the things that was so clear in this book was that you're, you're, you felt like one of your biggest mistakes is you didn't have a plan. That was absolutely my biggest mistake. Um, it was, you know, you live with it, you live with it, you live with it. And then for, in my case, one day I woke up and said, I'm not living with this anymore. Just that's it. I'm, you know, I'm out. And it was the worst way to handle it. Um, and ultimately, you know, I paid for that with my own safety. I was injured on the way out. Um, I didn't ask for help. Help was everywhere around me, but I didn't know. And, you know, I think just the beauty of being able to be on a show like this and, and people hearing this is to be able to say help is all around you, whether you know it or not. You have the sodapop.com. You have the National Domestic Violence Hotline. You have information everywhere. And the most important thing that people should take away today is if you're in danger, call 911. That's why it's there. Um, you know, we just feel so isolated and so alone with domestic abuse and violence that I kept hammering that point home so that if people were inspired by the book or inspired by anything in their life and said, okay, that's it, I'm going, that they would stop in that moment and say, I'm going, let me channel this energy now to do research, get information, make a plan and go safely. That's what I want for everyone. That's, yeah, I, I, I think what's really, really important here is that the people who are listening to the show, whether they're listening to a live, watching us live, and by the way, we had a little live glitch. I apologize for the live glitch that we had. We had a little bit of a glitch going on with the video, but we're back. Uh, but for people who are listening to the podcast, you know, folks, there are there are so many places that you could go to get help. Don't don't wait. You don't have to be you don't have to be frozen in time. You you there are just I know like we have a place called Interact here in our area that you could contact that will help you if you're in a domestic abuse situation, and so. And like you said, the police, there are just so many different ways that you can get help and get a plan because my gosh, folks don't, if, if, if I mean, I, I don't know how else to say this, but you know, if you're thinking about it, call somebody. Is that safe? Is that a good way to phrase it? I mean, if, if you're starting to think about it, then you're probably on your way to a plan. I think so. And you know, I'd like to add to that if it's okay, Jake, sure. I think there's a really important thing that I glossed over um, and really want to you know, take a step back and say, sure. Um, people can say, you know what, it's so easy for you, Susan, because you were educated and you, you, know, you had a career. <laughs> Let me take a step back and say, you know, I grew up in, in a very humble household. I've, I've kind of lived every life. And the resources on my site, when you go to get help, they are free. 
They are free state coalitions. They are free telephone numbers. There are free legal resources that will help you learn how to get protective orders. All of that is free. Everything is free because that's where we need to start. It doesn't matter what money you have access to or you don't have access to. When you have a lawyer working on your behalf and a state coalition working on your behalf and the national domestic violence hotline working on your behalf, that's the team you want. And that's the team you need. And none of that will cost you any money. So that's how you make your plan. And that's the most important thing I want everyone to realize. I'm talking to everyone from a place of, we all come from different places, but I understand that people may or may not have access to resources. And in my case, um, I was also a victim of something that people may or may not be aware of called financial abuse, where my access to money was completely cut off. So I understand what it's like to try and make a plan and wonder if I'm going to have any money to be able to move forward. It was, I I understand. I'll just put it that way. I understand the obstacles that we can be looking at, um, making a phone call or even chatting. um, And you can connect from the soda pop on my get help page directly to the national domestic violence hotline to their chat function or to their, um, you can call them. And you can start right there, and all it takes is a little bit of your time. And as soon as you start to have information, you're forming your plan and you're forming your team. That's awesome. Uh, by the way, we're talking with Susan Sparks, author of the book Sparks in Love, and she is a soda. She is a survivor of domestic abuse. And we're talking about domestic abuse today on A New Direction. And, and the reason why we're doing that is because, folks, that's what this show is about. The show is about helping people find a new direction in their life or their business or their career. And we're focused on life because one out of four, one out of four, okay, one out of four people are experiencing domestic abuse, right? Most of them, and really females are experiencing the domestic abuse, more so than males. I'm not saying that males don't because certainly they can but really mostly mostly females who are experiencing domestic abuse in their homes. And they're hiding it, and for they'll put on a good face. One of the things I, I found so remarkable about the book was the fact that here all this craziness was going on in your home, and yet you were able to function in your job. Not what, and, and let me finish. Not only were you functioning in your job, you were cooking the meals, going shopping. You were under, you were under the threat of not being a penny over the monthly budget, even though you were bringing in all the money, right? Because he was pursuing some wild dream that was doing nothing. And so here you were doing, taking care of the kids, making sure everything was done. Meanwhile, Mr. Garbage Pail, sorry, I just got to do it because I couldn't help it. But he was sitting <laughs> at home, you know, doing nothing. So, I mean, I mean I'm, 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 I'm thinking about this. I'm like going, oh, wow. Wow. I mean, I mean, because I mean, you were this you weren't you were able to keep it together. I mean, in front of all these people. That was a that, that blew my mind. And I appreciate that. And I, I think there's there's two things that come out of that. One is we don't have any other choice. Right. That's the life that we've accidentally fallen into. And until we decide to leave um, and reach out for help, it's something that we own and we carry on our shoulders. Mm. And it's an incredible burden to carry alone. Mm. Um, 
and you know when I talk about reaching out for help it's it's a great feeling when you do unburden yourself but I do want to caution people about turning first to family and friends Mm -hmm. you really do want to turn to the professionals because oftentimes people say well I'm going to start telling my family and friends and family and friends love us and they want to help us but they're not trained to give us the advice that will keep us safe. And sometimes when we involve them, we accidentally endanger their safety as well. And so I think it's really important to, to think about that. Uh, when we're ready, you know, we, we really need to talk to the advocates who are trained to help us. And then of course, rely on our you know, support network of our family and friends when we get to the other side, which is hopefully very quickly, we get out, we're somewhere safe, right. and we tell everyone what we've been through and we reunite from the people we've been isolated from and start to rebuild our lives. Um, but the other part that comes out of that, Jay, is that people will look at victims and say, my gosh, how weak. You know, someone took over their lives and, and put them down, and, and um, they fell prey to that. And what I say to that is, how strong do you have to be to make it through that? Mm. And, and remain intact and go to work and make meals and pay your bills and get out of bed every day. Uh, we're pretty strong individuals, and it's nothing to be embarrassed about. It's almost something to reflect upon your own self and say, you know what? I must be pretty damn strong because I'm still here. And if I'm still here, I got some fight in me. I got enough fight in me to get out of this. Mm. And I think that we lose that perspective when we're trapped. Mm. Yeah, We're talking with Susan Sparks, author of the book Sparks in Love, and we're talking, about, she's a soda survivor of domestic abuse. I think the thing is, and I, I personally have been in a relationship where, uh, in my past, uh, not, not my current, because my wife is amazing and loving and kind and sweet, and she's awesome. And uh, I adore her dearly. Um, and we've been together 20 years, and I just, she gets better every year. Um, but I've been in relationships prior to that where uh, I didn't, I actually were, the person I was with literally said, um, you don't need your friends. If, if I'm not good enough, if I'm not good enough for you, and why do you need friends? Aren't I enough? Right? And, and I remember you were saying something in the book about how something to the effect of you know you want to you want to love this person and there's a part of you that you know knows that you, this is wrong but you're willing to get rid of your friends for their sake it's it's weird it's it's a weird thing that happens in your head because i can remember literally getting rid of all my friends and and literally because i was like oh she, you know what she's right I don't, you know, why do I need them when I got her? And I, and I, and I heard you repeat this and I literally was like, oh my gosh. And I, and, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is what would, this was, this is what, this is what happened. I, and I had a small amount and I'm a guy, I'm, 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 I'm a large man. And I let that happen to me, you know, and, and, and I allowed it, right? Because I, 
because I was like, I don't know what was wrong with me. And and if people ask me, well, why did you do that? I don't have an answer for you. I don't. You could say I was weak. You could say whatever you want to say. But that's as close as I can relate to any part of your story. And I, I, and I couldn't even come up with an answer of why I did that. But you, you spoke to it, and that's and it would, and that's what made the book even more powerful to me because it was like, oh my gosh, really? That's and I so appreciate that you said that because, so in in your situation, this is this is such a great thing to talk about. It's an early warning sign. It's a red flag for domestic abuse. Does it mean you were dating someone that was going to necessarily right. be a domestic abuser? I don't know. I don't know. You don't know. You didn't stay. Right. Um, and, and what I write about in my book with that, um, and I really try to draw a distinction there, is I said, you know, I did it the first time in high school, right? Because we're, we have our first love, and um, we just, I think it's, I said, it's a classic rookie mistake, right? We, right? we lose all our friends because we want to spend all our time with our first boyfriend or girlfriend, and it's where, where we want to be. Right. And we're not good to our friends, and we make that decision because my high school boyfriend was a sweetheart and he kept saying, don't you want to see your friends or do you want to include your friends? So right. it was definitely not him manipulating me right. or isolating me. It was me making that rookie mistake saying, no, I just want to spend all my time with you. Right. And I paid the price the first time I lost all of my best friends. Right. The second time it came around, wouldn't you have thought I would have learned something from that? Right. The second time it came around, now it was forced on me. I had this incredible network of friends in college that I spent my college years with. And he's saying, they're not good enough for you. Right. You're wasting your time with them. They're an embarrassment to us when we go out. Right. I just want to be with you. If you really loved me, you'd only want to be with me. Right. Those are the things they say to us Ugh. that we should stop and, and think about, you know, what does that mean? And I think for a lot of people, younger people, college age, teenage, you know, we don't necessarily stop and think we may not be with that person forever, especially when you're younger and you're in high school, you may not be with that person forever. And if you're not, who are you going to be with on Friday and Saturday night if you guys break up? Because, you know, just flashing forward a little bit, when you lose your friends, what happens? It's, It's difficult. So also for the fact that we should always love our friends and respect them. But if you're thinking of it just from your own perspective, you know, you just want to get that balance in your life where you're fair and true to everyone. Mm -hmm. And if someone is telling you that the people that are around you who love you and you love them unconditionally shouldn't be in your life, that's a warning sign. Yeah. Listen, uh, this was, you know, later in, you know, before I married Linda in my life and, and, but it was later, I was older and I remember, I can remember the jealousy and the, and the idea that, you know, why do you need them? Why are they support? Am I not important enough to you? Don't, don't I, don't I give you enough? And I remember hearing those things and going, oh, you know what? She's probably right. You know, I, I probably, you know, I need to, I, you know, I'm, I'm a little later in my age. I need, you know what? She's right. I need to just stop hanging around with them because they probably aren't good for me. You know, she's probably right. They're probably not good for me. They're probably not the people I should hang around with. I, I need to get rid of them. And you know what? She's right. I, I need, if, if she was really all that she is, I, I don't need them. I just need her. And 
you know what, her jealous fits of rage. Okay, well, you know what, that's probably me. I probably just, you know, I probably did just, you know, probably, you know, went over the line. I just didn't realize it. So, you know, I, I just need to be very more careful, right? Do you hear what I'm saying to myself during that, right? And and I was hearing, I was listening to, to you as you're reading and describing this in the book. And I'm going, oh, man, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, boy, yeah. And I was like, and I don't think, I don't think when you're in it, you don't know it. You don't see it that way. When you're, when you're out of it and you look back at it, you go, oh my gosh, you know, I, I, she was sick and I, and, and I fell into it. And I, I think and it's very easy to fall into, oh right? It's so yeah. easy to fall into because when you care about someone, you want them to be happy. You yes. want to please them. They're asking you to do something. Absolutely. And there's a lot of psychology there, right? A lot of yeah. manipulation. And you're thinking, if I... And I think, I think this is implied also with manipulation. What happens if I don't do that? Right. Is she leaving? Is he leaving if I right. don't give up my friends? Because it sounds like from what you're saying, right. that's what you were thinking or, and or she might have said that to you. Right. Yeah, so, no, no. Yeah. Right, right. It's kind of like an ultimatum. So give up your friends, or I'm out. Okay, that's a problem. Right. Um, I think you know we talk a lot, um, and and I, I talk a little bit about this in my book also, and I'll be talking about it as much as I can in the future. What is the difference between healthy love, you know, mm. and abusive love? Mm. And I think in a healthy relationship, if someone starts pressing, you know, for for more of your time and you can have an honest dialogue and say, you know what, I really care about you too, but I need that boy's night out and I need that time with my friends. So what's a good balance? Let's make a negotiation. Let's, let's say what's comfortable to you, what's comfortable to me, how do we meet in the middle? Right. And they can have that conversation with you and everybody can walk away happy knowing that no one's given up anything, but that you're honoring one another's you know, requests without sacrificing something that's important to you, then you're in a healthy place. But if there's no compromising from them and it's all about fear and intimidation and control, mm. those are red flags. Mm. If yeah. only one side is bending and it's you, <laughs> right. those are red flags. What a beautiful thing. I think that's a beautiful thought that you just had here. You know, because I think honestly, if I were to reflect back on it psychologically in my own life, and, and I'm wondering if you feel the same way because you brought it up, is did I really know what the difference is between a healthy relationship and an unhealthy relationship? I know I'm in a really healthy relationship right now, right? I don't know mm -hmm. that when I walked into it that I knew it was healthy, but certainly I know, you know, going forward, I know the difference between what a healthy relationship is and what an unhealthy relationship is. And and I and I wonder how many people are listening to the show. I wonder if they think to themselves, you know, am you know, what is that healthy relationship really look like? Am I really in that healthy relationship? And I think what you just described there is beautiful, is that in a healthy relationship, we can negotiate, we can talk, we can have an honest conversation without anybody being upset. We can just have a conversation that says, uh, look, I would really, I, I love you, but I really want to be able to um, hang out with my friends and do this. Right, I want to. Go, I'd like to go to the football game, or you know what, we want to go see a movie together. Right, the girls and I want to go out and see a movie together, or you know, we we'd love to go out. We're gonna we're gonna plan on doing a girls' night where we're gonna, um, you know, go shopping together, and then we're gonna go see a movie. Right, and we could talk about that. 
and I think that's just one part of it, though. I think there's other parts that that help us because the person who's not healthy, the abuser, and I want to talk about the abuser from a second because I feel like I can, um, not because I am one, but because from a man, from because men do it. I think because men don't understand how abused they are, and I, I don't think they understand sometimes as intentional as they are in their abuse, I often wonder where they learned that from. Because I don't believe it comes from nowhere. I believe mm-hmm. they learned that behavior somewhere. Do, do you not agree or no? What do you think? I think you're bringing up the age-old and incredibly, um, incredibly important question, I think, you know, of nature versus nurture. And I think... I th- I almost think it's situation specific. I think you can look at someone's upbringing and I think sometimes you can look at someone's genetics and I talk to different psychologists that will argue both ways. And for me personally, I'm not a psychologist. (laughs) Um, So I could definitely, you know, give you my opinion as just an individual person. Um, In my specific case, I feel like my ex-husband was wired that way and then his environment set him off to become that person. Mm -hmm. So I do, I I agree with what you're saying wholeheartedly, but I also feel that if you're wired, so now I'll give you a different example. Um, My brother is one of the kindest people, if not the kindest um, I've ever met. And in the tough environment, I believe in my heart, he'd still come out as that kind individual. So I know there's a lot of psychologists that have studied um, things like narcissistic personality disorder and levels of hormones in bodies. Mm -hmm. And then I know that there are a lot of psychologists that have studied upbringing and society and what are we teaching our children and what are we not teaching our children and what is that creating in our lives for, for all of us when they become adults. Yeah. I mean, this is a powerful, this is a powerful, it's a question. You're right. The, the question has been around the nature versus nurture has been around in the psychology field as a psychology professional. It's been around, you know, as long as I've been teaching psychology and matter of fact, way before I was teaching psychology, way before I was even born, <laughs> they were battering they were around nature versus nurture. And I, I think, you know, we try to understand the abuser. We understand their patterns of behavior. We understand, uh, we understand some things personality wise that they tend to fall into. And, you know, personality is a weird thing because it's just categories of behavior based on how often you do something. And if it is not in the normal population, we consider it abnormal. So if it depends on how rare it is in the population, right? That's how we describe something as a disorder because it's not normal. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I know in your book, you talk about the narcissistic personality disorder, just briefly, you don't talk about it very much, but briefly you you mention it in the book. And uh, I latched on to it because uh, there is a level of narcissism in every abuser, a a huge level of narcissism. I've never known an abuser not to have narcissism, by the way, ever. Mm -hmm. And so I know that there is a psychology to them. It doesn't necessarily... And, and first of all, folks, I want you to hear when I say that, that they're, that they have a disorder that doesn't excuse their behavior. So I really want people to hear me say that clearly. There is no way that excuses their behavior, period, period. It does not excuse their behavior. It may explain some things about the behavior, but it does not excuse it. 
as an abuser. Okay? And so, guys, if you're listening to me and you're manipulating the person that you're with on any, on any level, consistently manipulating them on any level, you're wrong. I'm just, I'm just I'm coming out and saying it to you. I'm looking you right in the eye, those who are watching me and those who are listening to me. I, I want you to hear me clearly. Guys, if you're manipulating the person that you're with, if you are controlling their money, if you are jealous all the time, if you are um, belittling her, her family, her friends, if you throw in snide remarks about she's putting on weight or you don't like the way every time she does her hair, you, you look like a different person. I borrowed that from you, by the way. Um, and... And, and if you're doing any of those things, okay, it's time to stop. I'm, 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 not, I'm being dead serious. It's just time to stop. And you need to get some help, too, by the way. Because uh, you're wrong. You're just, you're just dead wrong, guys. Okay? We're talking about one in four women are being abused. And, and, and abuse comes in so many different forms, right? It, we're, we're all thinking about some sort of physical abuse, but you don't understand what emotional abuse does to people over and over and over and over again. You emotionally abuse people over and over and over again. What happens is they they all of a sudden, it's slave treatment. And, and it's wrong. Okay, that was, a, that was a public service message from Jay Izzo. Okay, Susan, let's get back to you. Um, sorry. <laughs> It just made me mad. I'm sorry, but it makes me mad because I'm. It's part of you know who I am too. And you know, I read this book, and I listen to everything that you went through, and and I'm and and I was thinking about the other side of it. You know, I I know what you're you're a soda, you're a survivor of domestic abuse, but then I'm thinking about well, who's telling the guy, who's saying to the guy, you know what, this has got to stop. You're- Absolutely, and you you touched on you know something else that. You know, a few things you could you could do a whole show, you know, someone that comes from the field of psychology just on what does the narcissist look like? I actually just um, wrote a special piece recently on, you know, they're talking now about overt narcissism versus covert narcissism. And for mm. people who are listening, going, what the heck is she talking about? Right. And Jay, I know, you know, um, but, you know, just to take a step back when you when you talk about narcissists and I'll give it to you just from a, an individual's perspective, because, again, I lived with one for 20 years, but I don't come from the field of psychology. You know, there's telltale signs that we can look for when we're dating people um, that can tip us off. So if we're not sure, if we're not sure we're seeing the red flags of domestic abuse, you can look for things with the person you're dating, like um, it's just absolutely it's the look at me person that always wants to be in the spotlight. But the things that I always kind of picked up on could never be wrong could never ever be wrong or own being wrong when they are wrong or could never admit to being wrong. Um, That's, you know, a telltale sign for me because I think most of us have the ability, even though we don't like to be wrong, to say, oops, you know, my bad. And when someone can never do that, like just absolutely black and white can never do that, I think that's something that, you know, can tip us off. and then I was looking recently, like I said, at what they talk about, that that's your classic overt narcissist, and now they're talking about the covert narcissist, the one they say you never see coming, um, which can be even more you know, dangerous for those of us who don't want to see you know, the other one coming in the first place, um, but that the covert narcissist is also the narcissist that's out there, but they kind of sneak up on you, and they're more manipulative in that they target their victims 
and just almost for the pleasure of kind of coming into their lives and manipulating the situation and abusing. And in um, the piece that I wrote, it's, you know, basically the warning signs was, you know, watch out for someone that comes in with this big tale of woe of everything's going wrong in their lives and this is why they need you and now you've changed their lives and they can't live without you and you've become so important to them. It's kind of like they latch onto you like a vampire and you might feel great about it in the beginning, so wanted and so needed. And then all of a sudden you find out that you're slowly getting sucked into their world and becoming a victim of abuse. Mm. So I always say this at the end of the day, it's kind of my classic go-to. If something doesn't feel right, it's not right. Mm. Listen to your gut instinct because we all have it for a reason. Mm. Mine was talking to me from the beginning and I ignored it. Mm. If it doesn't feel right, it's not right. Yeah. You know, mine has been, if, if there's, if there's any doubt, there is no doubt. That's it's just the way I look at it. If if you've got doubt, then there is no doubt. It's wrong. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. If there's and any, yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, you know, it's another perspective. Is you know, now I'm a, I'm a mom, and I'm raising two teenage boys. So we talk about nature and nurture, and we talk about environment, and what are the lessons that we may not have learned or or we have learned. What do we tell our children? It's really simple in my house. This is how we treat people. This is how we don't. And if someone says no, we stop what we're doing immediately. There's no question. But I think the flip side, I'm sorry, I was going to say the flip side of that for us as parents who may be raising daughters, which I haven't, but I obviously, you know, grown up and, you know, and I think something, I may have missed a message growing up, or maybe it wasn't given to me, is that we have to say no. Mm. And we have to walk away when something doesn't feel right. Mm. And we may not be delivering that message to this generation. And that might be a piece of what's going wrong. Mm. You know, I, I also wonder too, I wonder too, and I, I you know, there still is a thought process that, okay, I married this person. I got to stay with them. Do, do you think that there's, that's part of it too, that I, you just, they just feel like, well, you know, I just got to put up with it. I got to deal with it because I married them. I, you know, I, I mean, I wonder, I just wonder in the back of my head sometimes if there's that piece that goes I- Right to death do I part. So no matter for better or for worse. So yep, this is worse. But I'm just going to stay with it. I would say 100 percent, 100 percent. I come from a family where um, my parents were married almost 40 years until we lost my dad. Um, my brother and sister each married 30 years plus. I was the first one in my family who was uh, going to be divorced. Mm. Um, so, you know, I came from a family where we believe in marriage, not necessarily that we don't believe in divorce, but I would be the first one. So here I am a standout. That's mm. embarrassing. Mm. Oops, I failed at love. Mm. Okay, that's embarrassing. Without having to go into details to my family about why sure. I failed at love, I failed. I don't like that, right? And then right. people have certain religious beliefs surrounding divorce. So sure. that doesn't help, you know, in that scenario also. And then there's a, there's a different piece of it also with abuse and 
This speaks to the cycle of abuse that every single one of us experiences. And that is, we did fall in love with this person, right? We fell in love with a person that had something about them that made us fall in love with them. And then they change and they change into someone that we no longer recognize. And many of us stay because we're fighting to find the person that we initially fell in love with. Mm, And I want to speak to everyone out there that's doing that right now, because I'm this really tenacious person that doesn't like to give up a good battle. If I think that I can, you know, I can persevere on the other side, you're not going to find that person. Because what happens is I stayed for a very long time. This is my part of my why. Why did you stay, Susan? Um, I stayed for a really long time because I thought I could find that Prince Charming that I had fallen in love with. And what I ended up understanding in the end was he was an illusion. And once that illusion disappeared and I got to see the person that I really was with, that's who I was with. And I didn't want to accept that. I wanted to find the other person. Mm. And he never came back. That's a huge part of the cycle of abuse. Wow. Um, do you realize that, Susan, you and I have been on for an hour almost? Have we really? Yes, we have. We've almost been on for an hour. And I know <laughs> you've got a hard hard three here. And so I've got three minutes. And so um, here's what I do. With By the way, thank you. Uh, I've had a, This has been great. I've enjoyed it so much you've been so helpful to so many people and i thank you so what i do with all my guests because we got three minutes left because uh, you i know you have to run okay two minutes left i always ask <laughs> every one of my guests okay if you could if you could do a summary and help people find a new direction when it comes to domestic abuse what would be susan sparks author of sparks and love what would be your new direction for the folks out there Absolutely. This is, this is something I hope everybody hears me on. It is never, ever, ever, ever too late to stop where you are and start again. Everyone has the right to claim a new and better life. And it doesn't really matter what's happened up until this point. Because if you start again, you get to design your new life. And your abuser doesn't get to tell you what your new life looks like. And that is really cool. That's what I would say. That is awesome. She's Susan Sparks. The book is called Sparks and Love. You can get it on Amazon and ask for it at your favorite bookstore. It's going to be available, I promise you. It is a read that is uh, powerful and it's life-changing, I promise you. Make a plan, folks. If you're in an abusive relationship, make a plan. Get yourself some help. Get yourself professional help because it's the professionals that's going to help you get you out where you're at right now. Susan Sparks, thank you so much for your time. I am grateful for you. I'm grateful for your work. The website is called thesoda-pop.com. Uh, you can get all sorts of information, that's, and it's free, and she is providing all this information for any of you. If you know somebody in domestic abuse situation or you're in it, will you please, please, please either go or send them to the soda-pop.com it's important I'm going to put this on the jizzo.com website it'll be also on every write-up on every podcast so that you can access it as well Susan Sparks thank you so much for being on A New Direction I appreciate you so much 
Jay, thank you so much. I am beyond grateful. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. You are so welcome. And and have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too. All right, everybody. This is this is the show. Listen, could it get any better? Could it absolutely get any better than that? It's a tough subject matter. I totally agree. It's, domestic abuse is a hard subject matter. I'm, I'm going to be the first one to say it. But it's real. And, and it's all around us. One in four people are living in some sort of a domestic abuse situation. You may or you may not even know it. They're, they're the people who are at work. There are people who you go play with. There are people that you go shopping with. There are people that are in the grocery store. They're, and they're, they're rich, they're poor, they're middle class, but they are in a domestic abusive situation. It's my responsibility, I believe, part of my calling, part of my responsibility to make sure that we bring t- subject matter like this to light because we can't avoid it, we can't neglect it, we can't ignore it because it's, it's real and it's around us. And I believe as part of being part of the human race and you know, being part of who I am, I believe it's all of our responsibility every one of us to make sure that we are doing whatever we can to help people get out of an abusive situation. It's what we, it's what we are called to do, I believe. It's what we're meant to do. And so folks, um, if you're one of those people who are listening to the show or watch the show that is in a domestic abuse situation, we please go and get yourself some help. Please get a professional help. Please go to thesoda-pop.com. Soda stands for Survivors of Domestic Abuse. Please go get yourself some help. If you know someone, would you please send them there to become a soda because uh, we need more survivors like Susan Sparks and that can tell their message and help more people get out of this because the numbers are way too high. So folks, thank you so much for watching the show. You have... um, uh, and by the way, somebody just posted here that it's real. My sister um, left her abuser a few years back. And so thanks for sharing that, people who are online right now, live. Um, folks, this is the show. And I know you, you like the humor and the laughter and everything, but sometimes we have to do the, the right things. And this is the right thing to do. And so with that said, uh, the show is brought to you by Inline Business Brokers Associates. Uh, we thank Inline greatly for everything that they do for us because they're terrific in, in helping people either sell a business, buy a business. Please please go to the website. Tell them you heard about Inline at uh, a new direction.com with Jay is a new direction with Jay is their website's E-N-L-I-G-N.com and you can find them there and get more information. All that said, folks, be inspired, because here's the deal. When you're inspired, you inspire someone else, and when you inspire someone else, they in turn can inspire others. And when we do that, what happens is we have just a much better place to live in, and it's a greater world all around. I'm going to see you next week with somebody else who's going to be fabulous. So I hope you join me again next week. So until then, ciao, everybody. When you lost your confidence And the answers don't make sense Got to keep your hope alive. You got to know you can survive. This is your time to find a new direction, a brand new day. A new direction, things are gonna change. You can find the strength to go a different way.
Find your strength.